Welcome back to Unraveling Technology, the number one IT-based podcast. It's me, Joe Tonks, David Johnson, and Adam Willerton, the dream team, back again after... The boys are back in town. The boys are back in town after three months. <laughs> three months. Has it been that long? Um, I've actually had people complaining that we've not been putting this out. Really? Well, person. Okay. <laughs> Someone else complained to me, yeah. Okay. Do they regularly listen to it? Yeah. Hi, Tom. <laughs> oh, oh, nice. Cool. That's probably repaired it all right there, giving him a shout out yeah. to the, the top of the show. I was wondering if we just, you know, if we're, if we're a bit cheeky about it and we just bung, like just, just ratchet up the episode numbers by 12, you know. Just, no one would know. <laughs> yeah. Just go for it. Because we'd be getting on to 200 then at that point, wouldn't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, not far. What number are we on now? Uh, 140, I think. I thought it was 160. Oh, is it? I'm more of a glass half full kind of guy. Well, let me have a look. Okay, okay, okay. Well, anyway, yes, uh, there's been a... Uh, in between various holidays and rearrangements, and there's just not been a lot of time really to get together for the for the podcast um, over the last few weeks. Hopefully we'll get back into more of a rhythm now, especially because Adam has a kind of quasi permanent position in the office one day a week so we get to see more of him he's even wearing a shirt <laughs> I, don't think I, know. I don't know if it's just because i haven't seen you for ages but i don't remember you wearing a shirt previously no the yeah. the game's changed <laughs> that, <laughs> you. social media is smartening up yeah <laughs> <laughs> i didn't know if we need to uh if we need to rebrand the podcast as, as well at some point you know, make it more in line with 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 current branding, but um, yeah, that that that'll come, that'll come, I think. But let's not talk about that now. <laughs> we'll save the relaunch yeah. for when we've got some good tech news to talk about. Um, yeah, we're we're on about one forty, by the way. Oh, we? yeah, wildly optimistic from me there. Yeah, not even even if you had twelve, that's nowhere close to two hundred. <laughs> it's closer than one forty, though yeah that's true baby steps it's even if we did a podcast a week it's mm. still over a year away there are some podcasts i listen to regularly that are in 600 700 episodes now listen they said they wouldn't they said we'd never make it to 100 well david did but we proved <laughs> we proved him wrong yeah we've proved him wrong and now he goes that extra mile to make sure every subsequent podcast just dragging his knuckles <laughs> trying to <laughs> Yeah, I, the the other thing is this isn't our, um, you know, this isn't how we, it's not, we don't monetize our podcast, you know, some people, the people who are in the 600s, that's like, uh, for a lot of people, that's a, that's a revenue stream. There's we no, just do it, just do it for the love of technology. No mattress companies or men's fashion yeah. boxes knocking on our doors. Yeah, yeah. Squarespace. We're, Long we're gone gonna... are the days of me uh, talking about my Asda orders. <laughs> I've got plenty to say about Sainsbury's, but I won't. I won't. <laughs> I've just I've been off my my home delivery game for quite a while now. Probably right. since we moved into our new house, which is three years ago. <laughs> so I thought I'd get back on the wagon. Oh, got yeah. uh, got myself a little slot booked. You know, six till seven p.m. tonight. Nice. Got a little uh, message saying, "Oh, a couple of substitutions for you." That's all right. That's fine. I can deal with that. What are the subs though? Upgraded my 300 grams of corn mints to 500 grams. Put me on a family pack. Nice. <laughs> I wouldn't mind apart from I don't know if I've got the space for a family pack in the freezer. <laughs> so you've had to spend an inch, in it? Yeah, well, that's the good thing about mints as well. You can just kind of rattle the packaging around and distribute the mints a bit. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, yeah, I then got an email, um, a message not half an hour ago saying... We're unable to take payment for your, your Sainsbury's delivery. Please check with your bank and call us urgently. And then gave me an 0800 number. So you're going without food tonight then? I guess so. I might give him a call in the car. <laughs> <laughs> might. <laughs> That's not urgently. Reply Joe. to your urgent call, yeah. <laughs> maybe. Possibly on the way home. <laughs> this just seems like the kind of thing, you know when things fall through the cracks... And the whole system breaks down. 
that's kind of what I feel like this could become. You know, I miss the slot because it doesn't take the payment, but then it takes the payment, but my slot's been missed. So someone on the back end has to rejig the delivery. It's probably not as big of an issue as I'm That 500 gram pack of corn has oh, now yeah. gone out of stock again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But we've already had to downgrade you to a 100 gram pack. <laughs> Do you think they'll just deliver it and I can write them an IOU or something? Uh, I don't know. Probably not. Mm. I would never have this with PayPal. When you have a choice, do you always use PayPal for stuff? Only because I can't be bothered to get up and get my card from the other room. Right. But it, yeah, most. Yeah, but I don't choose it because if I if I have my card's in front of me, I'll just pay on my card. Don't you get offered some buyer protection through PayPal? Yeah, that's the that's the main reason yeah, I but do. You though, I've, well, I've, I've heard it's the other way around that PayPal's not actually that good for buyer protection. I've, well, I've heard seller protection. It's not great for right. Like they are very quick to cut off. You know, if you're if you are receiving a lot of money, maybe if you're at an eBay shop or something like that, and that they decide for some reason they, I don't know, they just fell out the wrong side of bed one morning mm. and decided to cut you off. That can be a pain. I hear less complaints from the buyer side. My one PayPal story was when we ordered curry for my birthday. Oh yeah, I remember and this. we we ordered it from the same place we'd ordered it from every year for the past couple of years and they went on the same website ordered it online through the same website we'd always used order processed order went through like hour or two later we phoned up to find out where this curry order had got to and the people who answered were like yes we're a curry place but no we're not the same curry place they closed down Uh, (laughs) they're gone (laughs) Um, so basically this business had gone bust and disappeared, but their website was still up and it was still accepting payment. So they took the, I mean, there's probably quite a lot of us. So it's probably like hundred to oh, 200 yeah. pounds worth of payment for, uh, for curry. So I, but I'd paid through PayPal. So I then contacted PayPal and it was basically a 60 day thing where, I sent my grievances to PayPal that I'd paid this company hundreds of pounds uh, and they'd taken the money, but they'd not delivered any curry whatsoever. Uh, And then I think PayPal basically contacted them to try and get their side of the story and waited like 30 days or something. And I don't think they replied because I think they were fully gone and were not monitoring their email addresses or anything. So at the end of that, kind of waiting period paypal basically said right we've sided with you and refunded it but yeah that money was kind of gone and mm. came back again but i had to wait a month or two for it that's weird you know what uh... i don't know how that would have gone if i'd paid on card like if if i'd used a debit card i don't know if i'd been able to get that back through the bank there you go so well uh, ease you don't have to put in your card details and also if you make a bogus curry order, you might be able to claim it back. Well, you know what's good, though? Monzo. Monzo is so good for stuff like that. <laughs> like the, You've you got to just... be subtler about it, Adam. We told them that we don't get sponsored. Yeah. <laughs> Sponsor is Monzo. Well, I know I've just given my endorsement anyway, but listen, it's very good. Stuff like that, you, it's just like an app. You just like talk to someone within like 30 seconds on an app and then just like sort it out for you. Nice. Mm. So you get a nice little titanium card to go with it. It's not titanium. Titanium. That's, That's Apple. Apple yeah. That's Apple that give you the ridiculous credit card. <laughs> did you I read did. that about the um, the the instructions for the the titanium card, saying do not bring into contact with denim or leather because it will stain. <laughs> <laughs> it will stain the titanium irreparably, and won't, you won't be able to wash it out. So okay, as long as I don't put it in anything like a wallet or a jeans pocket, it'll be fine. Yeah, great. Then, uh, yeah, then I heard people saying, well, if you're getting an Apple card, you know, you'll probably be wearing chinos. Chinos, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice uh, linen trousers. Okay. The, the thing I heard about Monzo, or that was suggested to me about Monzo, is because um, we just had a holiday abroad, um, very useful apparently for doing stuff abroad. Mm. Well, it used to be unlimited uh, free cash withdrawals. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but now they've capped it at £200 a month. So you can draw up to £200 a month out one. Like you can make one transaction a month up to £200 and it doesn't charge you for withdrawing cash. Okay. Um, is that in, in foreign territories or is that in the UK as well? Uh, that's in foreign territory. You can withdraw yeah. as much as you want for free. Okay, in the UK. good. I was going to say. Yeah. Um, yeah, which is really useful. Um, I don't know. There's just something that's like, I'm sure it does what all banks do, but it just is way more streamlined. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you you can just see all your transactions in one place on an app, it's good. They've, they've gone down the whole budgeting app yeah. thing as well. Oh, haven't they? Dave, they tied that in. You get nice little graphs with your ingoings oh, and your outgoings. Those graphs, Joe, let me tell you. That's Make great. yourself little pots of money that you can. Yeah, round, round up your transactions to a quid and the excess change goes into a savings pot for you oh right yeah it's really good i mean i think all banks do that but they don't advertise it very well or it's not integrated into their apps very well yeah i mean i have sort of standing orders to move money from you know between all my various offshore accounts regularly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Swiss but, bank account yeah but the problem is i suppose if you're using that card daily day to day you don't have to manage your own separate budgeting app it'll just automatically yeah factor that in. and it sort of tells you like if you if you make a big like you know for instance if you say i want to spend 100 quid a month on eating out if you like spend 30 or 40 quid one night eating out it'll say whoa you're moving a bit too fast this month you're gonna hit your spending limit it's yeah it's good does it if you say you hadn't touched it and you're getting towards the end of the month would it say mate treat yourself yourself. (laughs) i don't think it does that but that's a good idea yeah, I, I don't know, I think that'd be very fiscally responsible of it. to say, have a blowout, you haven't touched your 100 quid pot this year, this month. Oh, good apps. Speaking of apps. Oh, seamless. My first story taken from The Verge today. Did you know Tinder is branching out into choose-your-own-adventure territory? I, I mean, you might argue that Tinder's already a big choose-your-own-adventure. Oh. But um, according according to The Verge, uh, Tinder have developed a lengthy choose-your-own-adventure-style series about a group of characters facing the end of the world. It'll be controlled by swipes, of course, and it'll reportedly include more than two hours of content. Interesting, isn't it? Yeah. But th- so there's a... Um there's the sort of suggestion that they're going to use that to match people as well based on the cho- the choices they made during the story. Right. There's a mm. there's a lot of sort of vague rumor flying around. Mm. I think I think you, originally the story is broken by variety.com and they've kind of got these sort of according to people in the know, according to people close to production, these kind of statements, but there's been no official statement from Tinder yeah. themselves. It's quite a specific rumour to make up if it's not true. Yeah, that that's the, the kind of idea. They're saying that it's going to be this six-episode thing, that they've already shot it, um, that the direct it's directed by... Um, M. Night Shyamalan. No, it's a new up-and-comer who was behind some of the Drake's music videos, okay. I think. Yeah. Um, and, yeah... Uh, Karina Evans, sorry, is the director. Um, and then, yeah, there's there's rumours that they might be kind of using this to match people who make the same choices. Uh, and then there's also rumours that they might be, after they debuted it on the Tinder app, they might be shopping it to other platforms, either as, you know, possibly just to kind of, this is the one golden path, this is the actual story, or maybe they'll, you know, try and give it to Netflix, who've got their own choose-your-own-adventure type platform in there yeah you'd think for it to be on tinder there's got to be some sort of integration with the point of tinder mm. like ma- yeah. matchmaking people yeah like, otherwise I, I what's the point? so i mean that that said i wonder if tinder has a problem at all with um retention you know at a certain point i wonder if they see demographics drop off and they think okay well you know they're gone now <laughs> we've lost that market or we've we've lost these people uh, but maybe if they turn themselves into more of a original content provider, 
I mean, uh, I know it sounds tough to say that. The thing is, though, the thing is, if you're in a relationship, no amount of original content is an excuse for having Tinder on your phone <laughs> to your partner. You know what? It's kind of kind of a shame because I always thought, oh, that'd be an interesting app to have a, have, have a play around in. Yeah, well, well, I've, I've been the same, but, but I was like explaining to my girlfriend, I was like, can I just have a look at it? <laughs> and she was like, I trust you, but if my friends, my single friends see that you've got a profile on Tinder, then they might get the wrong idea about it. Do you know what I mean? And I was like, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. But Beth is original content now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she'll be like, just, just wait the six months until it's on Netflix like everything else. <laughs> I thought he was going to say, just wait six months till we break up. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you going, Joe? <laughs> uh, apparently they do a podcast as well. Great, just what we need, more competition. <laughs> Tinder do. Yeah. Um, so they already kind of have original content out there already. So it's not outside the realms of possibility. I mean, it could just be a marketing stunt, really. Yeah. The other thing that they say in this is that it's shot for kind of phone screens, so vertically held phone screens. That's so going to upset a large amount of people. If you did then move that to a Netflix or a Amazon Prime, <laughs> then who's going to deal with that? Yeah. True. Although Netflix and Amazon Prime are also on phones. Yeah, I wonder about the uh, the sound, the, how sound the logic is trying to pair people up based on how they'd react in apocalypse scenarios. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, I if you say if you you mesh based on books that you enjoy and films like that, fair enough. If it was, it's a bit. You know, going in there with, you know, there are three of us left alive in this bunker and we're going to have to eat one of us. Who's <laughs> it going to be? Yeah, at some point you're going to get a pot of people who betrayed everyone else and were, you know, only in it for themselves just oh, to try yeah. and get the one one survivor through. Yeah, and then you're going to probably think, not going to match very well. <laughs> is it moral to put them with other people of the same, of the same persuasions? Yeah. You're matched together because you lied to each other and betrayed each other. Mm. Yeah. Oh, this could really, this could go one of two ways. Or just somewhere down the middle. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. But I guess I guess we'll wait and see. I mean, we can't watch it, evidently. We'll have to wait until Netflix um, comes out with it. Um, it's not going to be evident to our listeners, but David has a beard now. It's yeah, been, I was going to say, it's looking good, David. It's been so long since we've recorded a podcast. <laughs> yeah. It's been sat here it's like, in yeah, this room. We've opened the cupboard and let you out and you've got a beard. <laughs> it turns out David everywhere. times his shaves to when we do a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and going weeks without podcast has not been kind. It's been very kind. Very good, very good, David. Thanks. See, I can't, I can't get that whole full face thing going on. I wasn't sure I could, but it's... I think like a few you years ago. Power through. A few years ago, we did a Movember. Yes. And that went badly mm. through a mix of having like a not a very good coverage. And then the coverage that I did have, half of it was blonde. So it didn't look like it was there. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. It, it's working better this time for whatever reason. Yeah. Maybe you just had to get over it. That said, that was for <clears throat> a month, was it? Movember? Yeah. Yeah, so it should have been fine. Yeah. Oh, well, I don't know. Maybe I've just grown up. Maybe it's sitting in close to all of those Wi-Fi access points and servers and things. Maybe it's just <laughs> altered your DNA or something. Second story, it's YouTube. <clears throat> so um, we've talked about the subject of um, copyright strikes before, and I think we, we probably touched on the subject of demonetization as well. But there was an article on Business Insider uh, a, a couple of weeks ago about a bunch of YouTubers being demonetized for apparent duplication of, of, of on their videos, con uh, duplicating other people's content or reusing it, which we've talked about as well before as you can do that on YouTube, but it has to constitute a transformative work. So that's taking someone else's content and then making enough of a change to it or doing something over the top of it so that it no longer could be considered plagiarism. Providing commentary, doing reaction videos, cutting bits out of it and mm. then switching back to yourself to, you know, comment on it. Yes. That kind of deal. 
Well, a lot of people recently, a lot of YouTubers have found that they're getting demonetized for reasons which they don't consider fair. And on top of that, when they've reached out for comment, YouTube's not been very forthcoming with the answers about it. It's worth mentioning as well that demonetization and copyright strikes, as I understand it, are separate things. So a copyright strike, if you have a video and it gets copyright strike, that video gets taken down. I think yeah. So if I think the person who lodges the complaint against you, personal corporation, gets a choice. So I think if I, you know, if Disney come along and see a video that they say, oh, that's you know that's got Disney copyright material in it, they have the option to either take the video down or demonetize the video or continue to show adverts on that video but instead of it going to the person who uploaded the video it goes to disney mm. so there is a bit of kind of copyright trolling going on where people will claim that they have the copyright on a video in order to get the ad revenue from it even if they don't mm. although they have just changed that yes this is kind of a constantly moving yeah. always in flux yeah, yeah. So demonetization, the video stays up, but you just stop getting monetization for it? You don't get... Yeah. I, I guess they don't show adverts on it. You definitely don't get any money from the adverts that are shown on your video. Yeah. And I think, it, it, yeah, I'm not 100% sure, but basically the, the person who's made the video doesn't get revenue. It either goes to whoever's made the claim or... you. Or you just don't get adverts shown on it. Or maybe you, yeah, maybe you do, and then YouTube get it. I don't know. That seems a bit gross. It seems a bit dodgy. Yeah, it does. But it's totally the sort of thing that would happen. Well, no, that can't be it because maybe sometimes you get demonetized for having extreme or you know kind of content that they would yeah. not deem appropriate to put adverts over. So if YouTube then there was, it, the... I think it's like adverts. There was stuff like ISIS videos and stuff that got uploaded and then had various big brands got advertising yeah. on them, uh, which they were not happy about. So YouTube has been making changes to monetization. And it sounds like there's either there's some new algorithm out there or there's you know a, a group of not very well-trained people who are going through um, flagging these videos. Well, uh, yeah, so one of the key paragraphs in, in the story is um, a bit where somebody reaches out to a member of YouTube support team who's, who wrote to one of the guys who'd been demonetized saying, I understand that you wanted to know more about why your monetization on the channel has been disabled. Unfortunately, we cannot provide you specific details on what guidelines your content has viola violated. And also, when I'm not able to provide you where your channel we're not able to provide you where your channel does not comply with YouTube's YouTube partner program terms. So they're saying essentially, we can't tell you why we've done it, but we've done it. We've stopped you getting money on our platform. We don't, we're not going to tell you why. So yeah, you could assume this might be algorithms going off reservation. I suppose the problem with algorithms is if people don't really know how they're working and how they are deciding what content should be demonetized and what shouldn't be, um, when it comes for the case comes for review by a human, they might think, "Huh, yeah, I don't know why this was flagged either. I'll unflag it, but sorry, I can't give you any more information." Yeah, it, it doesn't sound great. And when we're talking about demonetization, we're talking about the entire channel as well, not just you don't get any money on this video you uploaded. Try again. It's uh, you are now no longer qualified to be able to get any money from YouTube. Mm -hmm. So these are some of the people cited in this are kind of pulling in, you know, college funds or a third of their income mm -hmm. um, from putting up these YouTube videos. And then suddenly that's just cut off without warning and without explanation. Well, another, another um, factor to it as well is if, if someone claims your video, let's say, you know, uh, Universal Music incorrectly claim your video because I think they had bots that was like de detecting when music by their artist was being put on a video mm -hmm. and regardless of whether or not it was tr transformative in quotes um, it was just automatically claiming it and YouTube was allowing the claim yeah. but um, 
when you upload a YouTube video, probably 90% of the views you're going to get would come in the first few days anyway, or within the first few weeks. And you're not able to get revenue while, while it's been claimed and under review. Mm, yeah. So even if it does, even if they do fail at it, you've, you've lost all that revenue. And in, in this case where you, your whole platform's demonetized, then you kind of stuck with a, well, do I keep putting out videos that cost me money to make, cost mm-hmm. me time to make, and that are not going to make me any money back because I'm demonetized? Or do I stop doing it? In which case, all the kind of momentum, all the followers, et cetera, that I've been building up go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And then if I ever get re-monetized, are they going to come back? Yeah, how do you solve that? Uh, there doesn't seem to be a solution, really. Mm. Like, basically, the answer, the answer that most of these people came up with is get on social media and make a big complaint about it in public forums and then YouTube get around to doing it. Yeah, and even, about it. and even then, that only favours the big YouTubers. Yeah, if, you, if you're a small person, you, you're screwed, basically, mm-hmm. is, is the story, anyway, that these are putting out. You... I got people, you know, emailing the official YouTube email, uh, tweeting at uh, Team YouTube, Team YouTube, team yeah. YouTube on Twitter. Um, probably one guy on that Twitter account, that poor, poor guy. And yeah, when they either just get ignored or when they get a response, it's just kind of a generic, yes, you're demonetized. No, we can't tell you why. Yeah. I mean, we all know how unreliable these types of income like AdSense are and in a way it's kind of it's a bit of a gig economy so you produce something you hope it hits and you'll get your share of the ad revenue and you know it's not a it's not a kind of reliable money stream is it it should be though shouldn't it like you you can kind of understand if you've got trends for instance like oh this video didn't perform quite as well as i thought it would or you know i've I've been building up this audience, but now they're going away. They're going elsewhere and I need to figure out, I need to change what I'm doing and bring in a new audience because my numbers are decreasing. But this is a hard cutoff. This is a, you know, last month I took in several thousand dollars worth of income and then this month I did exactly the same work and then suddenly got nothing for it. Yeah. It's, it's... And and that's the thing, isn't it? Like... You you could argue that uh, it's YouTube don't have a responsibility because they're not they're not a, an employer, so they've got no real. Yeah. But YouTubers have literally made YouTube like they should be putting giving it back to the community, shouldn't they? It's just outgrown what it was originally, I guess. Like the whole idea of you giving you a space to kind of upload your stuff for. F- you know that you're making on your own time for fun mm. um it's become it's just yeah. become this huge like money spinning operation where some people are you know, like quite a lot of people are literally making their living off it but it's not quite grown out of that mindset of any kind of there's no contracts or anything mm. there's no protection so yeah, yeah. It, it just seems pretty the power dynamic seems pretty stacked in YouTube's favor. And when they start making these kind well, of yeah, changes, the, the thing is that they send, they send out like YouTube play buttons, which are basically like mini trophies or statues to, to YouTubers who get over, a, you know, milestone number of subscribers. So they do recognize that like there's, there's popularity. Mm. It's like a popularity thing. So for them to just cut people off like that is, is irresponsible, isn't it? Yeah. And I guess you wouldn't see it with the big, big channels. These are sort no, of they would re- they're, mid-level. They're definitely, like, let's say PewDiePie. Yeah, they, they're not. They would p- personally review, again, favouring the big YouTubers. Yeah. You know. Like that guy that blocked uh, Donald Trump's Twitter account. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah that was funny. Like, banned him, didn't they? Yeah. And that came back pretty quick. You didn't have to shout at Twitter and get to yeah. go and review it. Um yeah, assuming YouTube don't address this. I mean, they um, so they have put in a new system, uh, another new system from YouTube. Oh, good. Um, there's uh, there's like a pilot program now. Um, 
So you can now submit a video, being YouTube, you submit a video of course. that where you outline and explain your kind of approach to the, your channel and why you make your decisions and why you think it's unfair that this has happened. And then you submit that video and it, in theory, gets reviewed within seven days. So that's the new system. <laughs> what? I mean, it's, it's better than complaining at them on Twitter, a platform they don't own, oh, and but, then but, getting oh, ignored. So you make a video that then is publicly available? You no, you uh, you submit a video What, just for internal... Yes, you you set you create a video, you upload it to YouTube to submit to Team YouTube where you sit in front of a camera and say, listen here, Team YouTube. This sounds terrible. <laughs> that sounds like an awful way of doing things. You could, oh, guess, you I mean, could make you, that so creative as well. You, you could, but that's kind of, you know, the people who can afford to make that Yeah, creative. exactly, yeah, yeah. But, you no, know, no, no, but the, the little, the, yeah, the man on the street who's just trying to get his little video his little channel back that's also i think i don't know i think once you start introducing video and editing and all things like that that's going to introduce a lot of bias potentially into it and yeah they oh, should yeah, be yeah. reviewing this they should be looking at the cold hard facts and saying okay well this was yeah you know oh yeah i totally, I totally disagree i with think that. that's I just a think ridiculous it's way of doing things personally it, i mean it's very much in the youtube model yeah but the thing is the algorithms make mistakes and so they have to get people involved, but it kind of sounds like the people don't really understand the algorithms and just maybe overly trust them or don't have any, enough feedback coming from the algorithms to say why. Because mm -hmm. the process should be, you know, algorithm reviews a, a video, it decides that you've got duplicated content. You would have thought it would then say, hey, I've flagged or put out a log that says, I've flagged this video. I think it duplicates this other video at this time code to this time code demonetized. Yeah. And then when the creator goes on and says, hey, I've been falsely demonetized, a staff member would go look at that time code, look, compare the two videos and go, no, yeah, that's that's reasonable. It's been demonetized. Or go, oh, looks like the algorithm made a mistake. I'll I'll feed that back to the technical team and I'll re-monetize. It doesn't sound that hard. But no, it, maybe there's very specific margins for a transformative work. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't, but I do I do know that every time this happens, the argument comes up, well, if there was somewhere else that they could go, somewhere else they could put that content. Like their own website. Vimeo. Yeah, Vimeo. How's your website going, by the way, Adam? Don't talk to me about it. Okay. <laughs> um, There's just no market anywhere. Or yeah. Well, no comparative market. They were talking YouTube. about Twitch, weren't they? Twitch. Uh, did you know, though, apparently uh, YouTube has a policy that your channel can't primarily be about moving people to other websites as well. So you couldn't use Facebook to tell people to go and watch you on Twitch. I think people tried to do that. Hmm. Acted fast on that one, didn't they? Yeah. In that instance. Is that your channel or your your video? Are you you're not allowed to put a video up that says go view my content elsewhere? You probably do a video. You probably get away with that. Although oops. We accidentally demonetized you <laughs> and put it past them. But talking about alternatives to um uh YouTube, much as we may hate it, apparently Facebook are very good as a video platform now from a creator point of view. Um, they've, they've got a very pretty helpful team. Sound like they're pretty engaged. Because I think but it is hard. Facebook though, isn't it? Yeah, it is. But, hey, would you pay for, say uh, they suddenly put a, a wall up around YouTube and said, if you want access to your YouTube, you know, your subscriptions, all the videos that are on YouTube, you have to pay... Uh, a monthly fee. Would you be up for that? I mean, I'm t I'm trying to think of value adds that they could do. Mm. To, I mean, uh, taking so out taking out the whole like I'd be intensely annoyed that they'd done that and mm. taken this thing for free and taken it away. Okay, they've come but, to you. I missed it. I missed a YouTube. I come over to you and say, "Hey, people are uploading thousands of hours of video a minute. Most of it is garbage. 
And we do give you somewhere where you can upload as many videos as you want. We will host it. You don't have to worry about bandwidth caps or hitting your transfer rate. We'll do all that. Um, I appreciate as a viewer, this is probably not massively <laughs> helpful to you. But we'll also make sure that money goes towards YouTube original content. I mean, what and, you're talking uh, about is YouTube Red, basically, isn't it? Well, yeah, then. but mandatory. You see, if it, if this what, like, was a new, brand new thing, like taking away the whole I've got this for free and now you're charging me for it, mm. I, I watch way more content on YouTube than I do on Netflix. And yeah. I happily yeah. pay monthly for Netflix. It's so just the principle, though. It's and it's also, the principle that it's not, you know, it's not professional. It's not. It's yeah. people in oftentimes in their rooms putting together these videos for fun. Mm. And I like that. I like the indie nature of it. And uh, the idea of paying for it would feel a bit weird unless, you know, every content creator suddenly got a massive paycheck and a massive bump in their income. Mm. Well, there'll be bumps on income. I mean, not, There's, you know, it's probably specific to views. You know, you'd ratio it according to how well your video performs. I uh, I try and watch adverts on channels that I really like. That is my... I don't I don't have ad blocker on YouTube and I do sit through the adverts if I really like the channel unless it's like a 10-minute advert, mm. which happens far too frequently. Yeah. Or a particularly annoying advert. Yeah. What do you get? What gets advertised? Well, at the moment, I am getting a ton, and this is mostly when watching off my Google smartphone, mm. I'm getting a ton of uh, Google Play Store adverts for like dumb games okay. and it's it's always the same format of advert Clash it's of always well not it's it's more like puzzle games and things oh, so right. it'll be like here's a puzzle game and there'll be like text that says i level five i just can't do level five and then you know crying crying face <laughs> and it'll show you a video of somebody for like 30 seconds trying to solve this puzzle that you will within five seconds of watching it it can immediately understand how the game works and also how to solve that puzzle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they'll just keep trying and failing it for 30 seconds. Until you buy the game and then it'll cut, And then it'll cut to that, like, five-second bumper of click here to download this game on the App Store. And oh. I just get tons of those. Oh, these people are so bad at this game, I'm going to download it and I'm going to do so well. It's that old thing of um, if you want help with something, try to fix it yourself but do it wrong. I'm paraphrasing there. <laughs> and then people will jump in and yeah. correct you and yeah. do it for you. So I'm gonna. I, I want to do this. This is how I think I'm gonna do. It. I'm gonna do it this way. No, no, no. Don't no, do don't it that do way. That. This is the way you do it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just gonna do that. No, no. <laughs> let me do it. That, that, but for video. Yeah, games. maybe. I'm also getting meditation and calm apps and oh, things. Right. Yeah. I'm not oh, downloading really any of no this idea. stuff. I don't download anything off the Maybe Play that's Store. it. There's like he's not download. He's not downloading. Try meditation. See if he downloads that. There's a particular app uh, for like a. I'm not going to name it, but a train ticket booking app, and the guy that's advertising it, I can't work out if it's an actual YouTuber doing a sponsored bit, or if it's a guy pretending to be a YouTuber. But it's just like this sort of vaguely sort of trendy looking but very tired guy sat with like a sort of a, a sheet up for a background and some fairy lights and he's just talking about oh this this absolutely sick app <laughs> <laughs> save you loads of money he's got his hat on sideways he doesn't have a hat on How he's got he's politics? got a haircut um that he wishes to show off but and then there's there's another one for like a browser plugin that's the same sort of deal, saving money. Mm. And it, again, it's just like a guy in a room with a sort of sheet up that's badly hung and some fairy lights, and 
wearing his hat and his and his t-shirt and going oh get on this guys it's so (laughs) great david it sounds like the algorithms have got you worked out because you know you like games you like being mindful and you like saving money so (laughs) what's what's wrong like saving money by not buying these apps all they gotta do is sell your beard products now some essential (laughs) beard oil if you start getting beard adverts now i'd start to worry yeah (laughs) uh just had this vision of someone submitting their youtube their video to try and get their their page meet re-monetized like what up youtube moderation team it's your boy <laughs> yeah that's so good. here to tell you about my creative process <laughs> <laughs> and why i think I, that using these videos is fine when you submit the video to be reviewed at youtube do you also get to upload a thumbnail <laughs> yeah <laughs> just crying emoji faces yeah. all over. uh Let's quickly talk um, about these uh, DNS um, uh, domain names because this is something that David found a couple of days ago that's um, kind of interesting. It's about uh, domain names, as you might have guessed. So you might have noticed, Adam, that more recently, in the past few years, we've seen all kinds of domain names go, or domain um, top-level domains coming out. So you've got your, your .co.uk, you've got your .com, You've got your .gov, your org.uk. .edu. Yeah, your edu, your net, your biz. (laughs) Right, well. (laughs) And a slew that have come after that. Well, um, not, well, will it be about two years ago the .uk domain came out? Yeah. .dot .technology, as in unraveling .dot .technology. Well, this this is the thing. I think there was this... So in the UK, we have .co.uk. Which everybody um, loves. Which everyone loves. Everyone's used to, anyway. Um, But with the slew of sort of .ninja, .pizza, these kind of um, top-level domains coming out, uh, Nominet, the company behind UK registration, behind the .co.uk, basically seeing profits dwindling and wanting a bit of a slice of that pie, they decided to launch .uk domain. So not .co.uk, but just .uk. Um, And there was a bit of mumbling about it at the time. People not keen on the idea, uh, didn't see the point of it or thought it would be confusing. Uh, One of the big complaints that people had was, well, if you suddenly make .uk available, what's to stop random people jumping on all of these well-known .co.uk domains and buying the .uk version of it and, Mm. you know, directing people to the wrong site or, you know, tricking people, whatever. Um, So to get around that problem, they said, right, well, what we'll do then is if you already own a website, website website.co.uk, then for the first two years, you can claim the .uk version, website.uk, for free. Uh, So you can have it automatically for free. It's yours, and you're the only person who can get it because you own that .co.uk, so you get first dibs. And then from that point, after the two years, you can... um, just you know you renew it as normal uh, or it becomes free to anybody who wants to get it uh those two years have rolled around what happened with some of the domain registrars like um 123 reg and names co they said uh well our customers um they probably want that uk right if they own the .co.uk so they just registered it if you had a website with one of those companies, one of those registrars, they automatically registered you a .uk version of your domain. And now that those two years have come up, people are suddenly getting these domain renewal emails asking for money to renew these domains that they never registered in the first place. What's the going rate of a .uk compared to a co.uk? Uh, 1199 all right, it's standard. I don't know if that's per year or for two years. Mm. But yeah, I think great. people are getting these and either accidentally paying them or if they're paying attention going, what's this thing? I never asked for it. Yeah. 
So, I mean, isn't there some legal... I'm pretty sure I've read the small text in, in or the small print in an email from 123reg when I've had a domain coming to the end of its life. And it does say in there that they are legally... They have to inform you. Is it 60, 30, and 7 days ahead of the expiration? Or maybe it's just 30 and 7 days. There's, there's inform and they send you a bill. They could say, hey, we... I mean, I don't... I. I have a .co.uk domain and I have it with 123reg. It's through um, our company we work for. So I don't know whether I just didn't get the email because it wasn't forwarded to me. But I don't know whether people were told two years ago this is happening. Well, yeah, I mean, I've got a couple of domains and I didn't get this either, but it was longer than two years ago I set up those domains. So whether they've not registered you, I don't know. So don't have first-hand experience, but you would have thought even if they didn't, you would get a message 90 days from the expiry or whenever saying, hey, we reserved this .uk domain for you because you own the .co.uk version. This is going to go up for public access in 90 days. If you would like to continue reserving it, please pay us Eleven ninety nine. There's ways to do that that aren't, here's a bill for this domain that you might either accidentally pay or get thoroughly confused by because you never ordered it. I guess. Is it not an opt-in then? If you uh, to, No. It just automatically did it? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's a bit cheeky, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's being branded a bit of a scam. Mm. I know we've been fielding some of this. Yeah. Uh, basically got to fish out the different domain renewals and figure out whether it's something you actually wanted or something they've automatically registered. When we're handling... Uh, Sounds like this could be worth a blog. Yeah, possibly. Mm. Nice. Let's, we'll cut this out. <laughs> <laughs> Just so everyone gets there, gets it fresh. Um, is that a kind of pricing standard that domains are held to? I was thinking about this the other day. So let's say I have my website, I have my email, I have my logins to websites. One day I go to renew and my registrar is like, yeah, that's going to cost you 200 quid now for a year. What's my recourse? Is there is there a body somewhere that regulates how much these things cost? Because I know there are some some domains which tend to be a lot costlier. And I think that's because... Don't only certain registrars have a right to them or something like that? I think so. I I don't fully understand how it all works. There's there's ICANN, isn't yeah. there, that are responsible for things like what top-level domains are available. But I think those get divvied up. So, for example, you have to – you might have to be a um, – resident of a certain country to be able to buy a domain that has a certain top level domain name on the end um i think they kind of divvy them up to companies so there might be a few companies that will be allowed to sell you a particular domain name and then it might be up to those companies how much they sell them for just found an article here on the register from april of this year entitled india Internet industry freaks out over proposed unlimited price hikes on .org domain names. So the organization that oversees the domain name system, ICANN, has proposed an end to price caps on one of the internet's most popular extensions, .org. So it sounds like they do determine some level of price caps. Yeah, so it's currently many of the world's biggest internet extensions, .com, .net and .org, among others, are prevented from increasing their prices beyond a certain amount over the course of their contract with ICANN. Yeah. So we've got, but the problem is over the past few years, we've seen massive extensions to the amount of these that are available. And I wonder if it mentions here that legacy registries are a, a huge expansion of the domain name system has seen thousands of new extensions all of which are free to set their own prices which will probably explain why a dot london will probably cost you more mm-hmm. which has led to pressure from the legacy registries to take off price controls right so i think they just want a piece of that pie doesn't everyone well 
there's a little there's a little paragraph thrown in the mid, in the middle of this write up by the register uh, about Nominet, mm-hmm. uh, who's the company that uh, controlled the .co.uk and also the .uk domains, where they talk about how over the past two years Nominet abandoned its charitable trust. So it was donating ten million pounds to charities. It's now pocketing that, uh, or at least spending it to uh, spending it on expanding its business. Um, it's tried to muscle in to markets by offering contracts where it loses money on them. Um, it's started hiding the details of its board meetings, and it's stopped requiring its directors to file conflict of interest statements. <laughs> So uh, just a little, little flavour there of, I guess, what the register thinks of Nominat. Huh. Um, yeah, it sounds like a bit of a money-making scheme at the moment. Time to create a new internet. <laughs> that time again already. <laughs> yeah, well, if you do uh, own a .co.uk domain... Just double-check check those, uh, those renewals that are coming through, just in case... Just make sure you are renewing what you think you're renewing, because yeah, we have uh, we've dealt with a few of these on behalf of clients, and it's been a bit of a pain, I gather, from our ops team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. there you go. Right, I think uh, I think I'm done here. Unless anyone has anything to add for this week, twelve weeks on for the Unraveling Technology Podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nothing. There's anything from me. Great. Well, we'll be back in 12 weeks' time then, presumably. <laughs> so we've got, uh, if you want to get in touch with us, you can do so via email. We've got podcast at unravelingtechnology.co.uk. We've got our Twitter account, which is unravelingtech, at unravelingtech. We've got our blog, unravelling.technology, making use of one of those swish top-end domain <laughs> domains right there. Um which it sounds like Adam's going to be getting very creative on shortly. Uh, in fact, you put an article up, didn't you, about um, preparing for the end of... Up, I think. I just saw the one about Windows 7. Yeah, Windows 7 and also VPNs as well. Oh, okay, yeah. So there you go. Plenty to read through uh, to tide you over until next week's podcast. And if you haven't reviewed us already on iTunes or your podcast platform of choice, then please do so. It would help very much. Just search Unraveling Technology. You'll find us there somewhere. You apparently have already. So from me, Joe, David, and Adam, thank you very much for listening. We'll be back next week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. We won't be back next week. You never know. You never know.